Welcome to The Contact Show. In this episode, we're talking with Amy from Glamology. Uh, She's a hairstylist, has her own mobile lounge and beauty salon. She's worked with clients like Dr. Oz. And in this episode, we talk about fear and how it's stopping a lot of people from pursuing their passions. Enjoy the show. So, you know, there's a lot of people that want to go into business and Uh want to be entrepreneurs and don't really like to work for somebody else. But I found that a lot of people don't know what it is they want to do. They don't know what they're passionate about. So how did you know that, you know, hairstyling and stuff, how did you know that was your passion and why you decided to go full force doing that? I've done quite a few jobs that, I mean, I worked at Gap as a like sale, you know, on the floor sales, folding clothes. I worked at Starbucks. I've been a dispatcher for tow company, like, fire sprinkler manager and then from there I'd always gravitate more towards doing hair um and I don't know just like during um when I was in high school I'm like I think I want to be a hairdresser and I loved hair I don't know what it was again like I did all these jobs and then I'd always still go back to doing hair so I just fully jumped in and said I'm gonna see how this all works out and that's how I got here. And then it, I think it's almost as a kid, too. I was going back through little drawings, you know, in third grade or fourth grade. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that was that was on my my picture of yeah. what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's it was a hairstylist. So I feel the same way because when I graduated high school, just a random thing, I started getting into music production. Uh-huh. And I loved it. And I was good at it, you know, but during that time when you graduate, you see everybody going off to college and, you know, making plans and stuff. And so I was like, I kind of doubted myself about doing music Uh because I I was like, man, who am I kidding? Like, I'm not going to be like the next Dr. Dre. I think I need to find something, a career more realistic. So Mm -hmm. that's when I got into graphic design and stuff. But that whole, during my whole career. Uh Uh-huh. Music just kept calling me back. Yep. And that's where you know it's your passion. Yep. Mm -hmm. When you know it keeps, something keeps telling you to go back in that direction that you know, like, is it going to be a career path? But people try to steer you away because it's, you know, either a hard um, industry or it's a cutthroat industry or you need to put a lot of hard work. And it's like, but, you know, if it keeps pulling you back, you know, it's um, it's definitely your calling. Like I remember wake, like during one period specifically, I would just wake up every morning and I was like, like, I just want to do music. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like a feeling, you know, like like a feeling like, you know, when you're hungry. Yeah. You just have a feeling that you're hungry. Yeah. And it was the I same agree. thing with music. That is so awesome. So, like, can you tell us about um, this mobile salon that you that you made? Like, first of all, how did you get the idea for it? Um, Well, it was my husband's aunt. Um, I would always through all the jobs that I had. um, There was always somebody that's like, oh, can you cut my hair? Or, you know, I have these girls that are going to prom. Can you style their hair or do some makeup? And I was like, sure. So I was always going to people's houses. And one day we were talking, and this was years ago, like, I think I just had my son. 
And she's like, Amy, you should have a van and pull up with the seats and a shampoo bowl. And I was like, that is such a great idea. I'm like, I totally would. But I'm like, a van? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) So then from there, like, it's always been in the back of my head. And then um, I'd, I'd still, I started doing hair. And then I was like, you know what? Like, going through everything that I went through. And then we actually lost uh, my husband's aunt and something just kept telling me too, like, you need to do this. And that was my like game changer when I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let fear stop me. I kept, it was scary because I'm like, how am I going to create this? Like, how am I going to drive this? I've never driven a trailer. I've never nothing. And I just, everyone's like, Amy, you have so much support. Like, we support you. This idea is amazing. Like, just go for it. And I jumped in, did it, and that's how everything came to be. But it was scary. So A lot of people who um, have small businesses tend to have, you know, a bunch of ideas and stuff, right? But there's always the problem, well, how am I going to pay for that? Right. So let me ask you, with your idea, how were you able to um, finance that? I did it on my own. I mean, I was already working at a salon. I didn't like the environment that I was in because of the people that I worked with. And I was like, this is not where I see myself. So that's what pushed me even more to, you know, I need to do this on my own. I don't want to work for somebody. I want to you know, um, work for myself and I know what I could do. Um, and I had, I was also working at another job. Um, so everything that I did, like all my little side jobs and side weddings that I was already building my clients, I was saving that money. So I did it myself. I went in and I was like, okay, um, how much is it going to be? And it's like buying a car, you know, you have a certain amount. I didn't know how much a trailer was going to cost, but I had a brand new trailer and I, um, I told them what I wanted in there. And then of course my husband did the majority of like making it look nice inside, um, how I wanted it. And I paid it off within three, three years. So it was like a car payment. So every wedding job that I booked, I was dumping that money into it. Mm. So I mean, a lot of people invest in huge investments. Mine was, I felt was, you know, pretty reasonable where it wasn't like $50,000 or 60, something crazy. Cause for me, I thought that was so far fetched, but I was like, this is doable. You know, we, if it's a car, it's an investment and it worked out. And it, I mean, all the weddings that I did paid for it last, I want to say last January or last March. I didn't want to have any debt. So during like that time around the purchasing of the the trailer, uh-huh. was there any times that you had doubts where you were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this? Of course. I was like, <laughs> when I had my slow time, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to pay? Because it was around the holidays, I felt. And you know how holidays are. You got to yeah. spend extra money to buy gifts and everything else goes up. But 
you know, we just found ways to make it work. I always feel like things happen for a reason. And I felt like there was times that I'm like, okay, should I even keep this trailer when it was the slow times? But at the same time, just I kept pushing through like, no, I got this. I could do it, you know, and sure enough, I mean, good thing I kept it. Like I was telling you earlier, when um, when I saw that you did that, I was like, man, that is a genius idea. Because I would always tell people, like, when you're in business, one of the main things that you need to do is stand out, right? Yes. To get people's attention. So yep. just having a better product or a better service isn't enough to make you stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's so competitive. You can't just, just say, oh, well, I have a better product or I'm better than anybody else. It's, yep. it's not enough. And also... I always thought if you could make something, whether it's a product or service, that makes people be able to be lazier, it's going to (laughs) sell. Yeah. You know, I could imagine, like, there's so many brides that are like, oh, I'm going to go with with Amy because I don't have to go around on my wedding day running to different locations. Exactly. You know, I don't have to go over here to this salon and get my hair and then go over to the makeup artist to do my you know, makeup and then go back to the venue. And that way it's easier to just have everything in one spot for the client. And, you know, it's just easier and less stressful for them. And, and that's what it is. Um, A lot of people liked it because they didn't have a place to get ready. I had people from like out of state that don't know the area, but they're like, well, we want to get married, you know, on the side of this cliff here. So where are they going to get ready? Well, mm-hmm. that's why I have the trailer there. Or some people just yeah. want it just because it's something different or they want a stress-free environment. And so having this, like you said, it definitely made me stand out from our hairdressing market or beauty industry here. I felt mm-hmm. like a lot of people approach me because of that. And I have another hairdresser that She's like, Amy, I want to work here because I want to find my niche. I want to see where I can stand out because I just fall in the category with all these other hairdressers. So now her thing is her specialty is hair extensions. And so hers is transforming people that have thin hair or want more volume. She transforms them to have long, beautiful, thick hair. And that's what separates us from all the other hairdressers that can sell products, that can color and cut hair and do all the normal services. You can go anywhere. But because I have the beauty lounge, it definitely made me stand out from the market. And like that made me think of um, when I started my graphic design business like years ago. Uh Uh-huh. this was like in 2005 and um, the internet was still pretty new as far as like e-commerce. Uh-huh. So at that time there wasn't a lot of people, you know, doing business online. It was still like a little sketchy, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and um, so when I started, I, you know, through like, um, well, I, I would start off by doing work for free. I was working uh-huh. literally like two or three months just for free building my portfolio and, and reputation, getting testimonials. And I would hear all these client stories, all these horror stories 
you know, about different people that would say, oh, yeah, I worked with, you know, some graphic designer and I gave him a deposit and he gave me a design and I didn't like it. So I asked for like some revisions and then he just disappeared. Uh huh. Another thing was that PayPal also was pretty new. Knowing that I was like, okay, um, this is how like all the graphic designers are working right now. I'm going to do something completely different. So what I would do is I would tell people, look, when you hire me, I'm going to do the, the design first before you pay anything. You don't, there's no uh, deposit. I'll do the design. And if you like it, then you could pay and I'll send you the original files and stuff like that. Uh huh. So, and, and again, nobody was doing that right away. That put me on top because there was less risk um, hiring me uh -huh. than anybody else. And then another thing that I would do is, um, for some reason, graphic designers tend to be really irresponsible. And I, um, you know, now that we're talking about this, I kind of feel like we've had this conversation before, because I think I explain what I went through to get my my logo, and you and we had uh, this conversation, and it is really? true. Tell uh, for everybody, tell again, like what what your experience was getting your logo. One, it was hard to find someone that wanted to um, to do my my logo. I didn't know what I wanted. I, mm -hmm. I knew the colors and stuff. And everybody I talked to, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I do logos or I do graphic design. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'd, I'd, I'd look. They didn't have much work to see, but I'd look at some of the things that they have done. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I didn't know. I mean, as a business, new business, you don't know what direction to go. You know, you kind of just yeah. are leading yourself in a certain direction to be figuring things out. Um, mm -hmm. And I went through a few people and just didn't like anything that I saw. Or I try to like start pulling stuff from like the internet and I was looking and still like the person couldn't get it together. And, um, finally I was like, you know what, just leave the lettering. It's fine. And the watercolor backsplash. So we kind of left it at that, but it was challenging like to display like what you want to somebody. It's mm -hmm. almost like us learning, um, how to read someone that wants their hair color done. You know, yeah. if you don't have a picture, someone's saying, Oh, I want like blue hair with like blonde tips or, you know, but then if they don't have a picture, we can't reflect on it to make sure we're on the same page. And mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same with um, the designers, you know, mm -hmm. they don't, you have to make sure you're on the same page. It's a creative industry. So the creative industry comes with a lot. Again, you're, like you said, there's not much responsibility um, unless you've worked for someone or something that's, you know, consistent. And then you're, you have your created creativity in. But um, it was challenging. Again, times to deliver things, it's like, you wouldn't hear from them and then you'd have to check yeah. in. It's like, that's crazy. It's mm -hmm. a service that we're asking, but if nobody's delivering that, how, how are these people staying in business? You know? But see, like, like, for example, for me, I don't do graphic design anymore, but for me, that's a perfect opportunity to capitalize on all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like at the mm -hmm. time too, 
I would hear also from from other you know clients and stuff that it was always hard to get to get a hold of their designer. So what I would do is, at the time I would um, Skype was was like the big thing at at the time. So I had Skype open. I had like my email client open on another uh, monitor. Uh huh. And as soon as somebody would message me or email me, I would reply back. Even though I was working on a design, I would just take a few seconds to reply. Uh huh. And the amount of business that I got just from doing that was huge, because a lot of times there was clients who needed something quickly. I bet. And I would have people like literally tell me, well, hey, I emailed a bunch of graphic designers. You were the first one to reply. So I'm just going to go with you. Mm-hmm. For anybody that's doing graphic design right now, take note and capitalize on that. Like what I would do right now is on my website, I would set up some questionnaire that people could fill out to get a mm-hmm. sense of what they're looking for. Yep. Where you could, you know, choose your colors, where you could see examples of different, um, uh, you know, logos and choose like, oh, do you want a more masculine logo or more feminine logo? Do you want to, to get a better idea and make it easier, you know, for those people that like have something in mind? Because there was also people that don't have anything in mind where. Um, and they need direction. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how you're explaining this to me. And even though it's a different profession, I experience the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. When I do bride, I have my website up. I have a system that I use. Um, so when someone reaches out to me through email, I set them up in the system. And then there's a questionnaire, like what dates, what, um, you know, colors are you going with like what venue who's the photographer and everything and again continually i would hear that they've reached out to numerous hair and makeup artists and it took them days or some people wouldn't even mm-hmm. respond to their emails and i'm like again how are people in business so mm-hmm. with me people always talk about like how thorough or how quickly I respond to emails or if I don't have the date, you know, that's important because I might have it booked. So I'm not going to keep someone hanging on there thinking that I'm going to be available. So again, I would always, even from wedding coordinators, I'd hear the same thing. Makeup artists, hairstylists wouldn't show up or um, they don't hear from anybody. And I'm like, wow. So again, like you said, take notes. It's interesting how, again, it's two different professions, but again, the creative industry. So you went from, you know, just doing random, you know, jobs here and there, and then to eventually having your own mobile salon. And then like, now you have your own uh, physical space too, right? Yes. What advice would you give yourself from like a few years back that you think would 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 have made like your journey a lot easier? Um, I would say don't be afraid. So if you have a dream or a passion, I waited so long to start it because I was scared. Cuz I was scared that what if I don't make it? What if I'm not good enough? Um, It's all the what ifs. 
I just put that aside and said, you know what? I am scared, but I'm going to put this to motion. And if it doesn't work, I could always find another job, but it's always worth trying. So just don't let fear stop you. I agree with, with that a hundred percent. The reason why, like I decided to go back to music was, um, you know, when, when I had like those, it just felt like music was calling me. Uh-huh. I, I thought to myself, I have to go back and give this a try because mm-hmm. I think I would regret it more, you know, if I'm like 90, a hundred years old, yep. <laughs> knowing that I've never even tried. Yep. So I agree. I, like, even if I fail, I'd be good with that because I could yeah. say that at least I gave it a shot. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I tell a lot of people that are scared to leave. They have their side hobby. They have like, if it's photography, it's if it's being a florist, if it's being a baker, if it's being a, you know, wedding planner. And that's just a side hobby, but you know, you want that to be your career path. They're afraid to put 100% in because I was, I was, I was scared to put my 100% in to my career path because I felt or thought that I wouldn't make the income that I would having the job because it's just a dream. But the minute you let that go and you put your 100% in, and I'm not going to say it's easy, it's work, Mm -hmm. but you're working towards your dream and you're working towards something that you it's a huge accomplishment. And I've seen this with so many people. And as soon as they let go of that fear, they flourish and they get really busy with their work. And again, it's because they're putting a hundred percent of their heart into the work, but fear was stopping them. Could you tell me, could you talk about the moment where you decided to make that jump and leave your full-time job because I know like a lot of people probably use that as an excuse and say like well I can't I can't follow Mm -hmm. this I can't do this because I have a full-time job I got Mm -hmm. bills to pay and that's exactly where I was at I was I had two kids uh one she was probably I don't know like three years old at the time and I was like I need to still keep these jobs, to pay for my car, to pay for, you know, utilities. Um, we had a house, we just got our house at the time. And it's just crazy that all these things go through your mind. But um, like I said, I got tired of being in an ugly environment at work that people were kind of planting things where, you know, they didn't make you feel like you were going to be good enough or it was competitive. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, from, from what they've done made me grow and made me build my business. It pushed me. But that moment, it was scary. I was like, I'm leaving the shop to, you know, and my other job to pursue this full time. And no joke from that time 
I literally had weddings booked and weekday weddings. And then I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, if I, if I would have done this sooner, I could have done a lot more. I was just stopping myself, but it took a negative experience and letting go of fear to push me to where I was at. I got weekday weddings. I had events that I was doing. And again, if I was still working like I was at my other jobs, there was no way that I would have been able to grow. Man, you, uh, I think, are a lot braver than I am. Because <laughs> cause, uh, the, the, the way it happened to me was um, I was working for an um, advertising agency uh, when we were down in San Diego. Uh-huh. I was making good money. At one point, I was making like six figures, so I was like comfortable. Uh-huh. You know? and, we had, and, and my wife wasn't even working, so I was paying for, you know, everything. everything. And, and, we, and we still had a ton of disposable income. Uh-huh. Imagine how much harder it is to quit that type of job to follow something that you're unsure about. Oh, it'd be scary. You know I mean? Like, because it's already scary if you have a, even if you have a crappy job that you hate going to, or you're getting paid breadcrumbs, it's still hard to quit that job. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be like, oh, that's it. Today I'm going to quit. And right before you decide to quit, you're like, but how am I going to eat tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll stay for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you get sucked into that. Okay. Maybe I'm going to stay here a little bit longer. Then a little longer goes to two years, five years. Mm. Next thing you know, that's wasted time. So like for me, it was incredibly hard because I was doing something that I liked, you know, uh, I mean, I didn't, I don't really love doing graphic design, but you know, it was creative and I was living in a, in a beautiful neighborhood. We had like a luxury apartment that made it incredibly hard to leave. I'm sure. Especially since I spent like decades, you know, building that career. Mm-hmm. And to, so what ended up happening was that um, I ended up getting fired from that job. Um, they started to bring in like, um, like recent college graduates. I guess they wanted to pay less because they started like letting go of like a lot of the higher paid uh, people there. That was a huge blessing in disguise for me because I feel like if I wouldn't have gotten fired, I would still be there today. Oh my gosh. And it wasn't, you know, it it was like when I got fired, you know, it sucks, right? I mean, yeah. it's getting fired, but I was like, you know what? I've been, you know, having, you know, these feelings about going back to doing music. And really right now is the perfect opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Even if you feel like you've wasted a bunch of time, not following your dream, doesn't matter. What matters is what you do right now. Mm-hmm. That was still even more of a blessing because, because uh, sometimes I think about like, man, what if, what if when when I discovered music production after high school, what if I would have just stuck with that? Mm-hmm. I would be a lot farther in my music career right now. The same thing. You you probably think to yourself, what if I didn't have that fear and I did that a long time ago? But and, again, you you grow from those 
like negative and I shouldn't say negative, but you know, those Mm -hmm. experiences and sometimes it's not the right timing for you, but at this time, like maybe the reason why it's, you know, you're probably more seasoned now and how you think is going to be totally different to change your uh, perspective on music. And now you could, you know, fully commit and your head space is, mm-hmm. is all for the music, you know? There and- was so many great things that came out of that. I don't think I would change it because one, learning graphic design, I could do all, all of my marketing stuff on my mm-hmm. own. I don't Which is have, awesome. Yeah. I don't have to pay somebody to do my websites, to do my artwork, to do like motion graphics. Having that job did allow me to do other opportunities like take up photography, you know, as a hobby. And it allowed me to buy the music gear that I needed. Wow. In a way, all of that turned out for the best. It was prepping you for where you're at today. Yeah, it developed your think. skills. Yep. Which is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think like in your situation, working in that in that salon full time probably helped to give you a tougher skin. Oh, for sure. Because I did not have a tough skin. And now like I see a lot more. I'd always see the good in people, even though they were not the best people, but it definitely mm-hmm. taught me a lot. And also all my other jobs, like managing a fire sprinkler company, dispatching for a tow company, all of that taught me how to manage. So now I manage the shop and I manage the girls that I send to weddings. And that's what put me on a managing schedule where, yes, I am creative, but I'm also going to be responsible. Because those other jobs taught me what I know today to be able to keep this shop and the mobile salon open. When you did end up leaving that salon, did you like how, what kind of um, help if you had any with paying your bills and like all your responsibilities? Did you have help like from your family? Did you have some money saved up? What was like your plan, you know, during that time? Well, thankfully, I have my husband. He's He was steady working, you know, but he was also pushing me to, it's like, very supportive. He was the one that, you know, was hands-on to build things for me, too, where I didn't have to hire someone out of pocket mm-hmm. um, that would charge me double the price. You know, it was just time and material that we invested. So basically, and- you're saying that you married him to have him build you a the trailer <laughs> not exactly oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he has been handy even through all these other times and he's um definitely supported me a lot through all of this and if i didn't have him um to keep you know pushing me through um it would have been a lot more challenging because he was the tougher skin mm. and i was building my layers of tough skin yeah well it was a pleasure talking to you amy um mom thanks for hearing me out (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was a lot of um insight that i think a lot of people will find useful yeah because it's definitely something that i hear all the time and i'm kind of glad you asked me about this because i've talked to other people and they see how i've grown my business and um 
I don't post a lot about myself. I still keep pretty humble with things. Just hearing people ask like, oh, that's your business? I'm like, yeah. And then they ask me questions business related. Mm -hmm. And I try to steer them in the right direction because I know how it was. And so hearing other people from like, you know, food uh, businesses or, you know, florists or photography, like they talk to me and ask me the same questions you're asking me because everybody experiences it once they're trying to build their small business or how is it? And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not easy, but it's hard work and you have to be around a good group that's going to motivate and support you, you know, and sometimes it's learning curves. I feel Mm -hmm. like, uh, there's not a lot of trial and error. Yes. And a lot of people, um, don't want to lead you in the right direction. But for me, I feel like I like that people ask me business questions because I didn't graduate college with a degree in business at all. You know, it's again, Mm -hmm. trial and error and Mm -hmm. figuring things out. And if I can help someone in that way, where they ask me business related questions or what can I do, I will spark up ideas to motivate them and steer them in the right direction. Info on where uh, people could follow you. Yes. So my Instagram is Glamology Beauty Lounge. Um, you'll see a watercolor splash of peach <laughs> and then the Glamology Beauty Lounge. And then on my website too, um, which is glamologybeautylounge.com. 